join me in the prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find wisdom, and in your will discover your peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The reading is from Isaiah. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry out or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. He will faithfully bring forth justice. He will not grow faint or be crushed until he has established justice on the earth. And the coastlands wait for his teaching. Thus says God, the Lord, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people upon it and spirit to those who walk in it. I am the Lord. I have called you in righteousness. I have taken you by the hand and kept you. I have given you as a covenant to the people, a light to the nations, to open the eyes that are blind, to bring out the prisoners from the dungeon, from the prison, those who sit in darkness. I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to idols. See, the former things have come to pass, and new things I now declare, before they spring forth, I'll tell you of them. The word of God for the people of God. Over the last few Sundays, we've been taking a look at the sacraments in our church, starting with communion, and today we take a look at baptism. The reading from the prophet Isaiah today is a traditional Old Testament reading that's sometimes done on Baptism of the Lord Sunday, which takes place every year early in the calendar year, just after Christmas. It's a time to remember not only the baptism of Jesus, but our own baptism. I remember when I first heard about remembering our baptism, I was confused. After all, how am I supposed to remember something that happened to me when I was a baby? Some of you worshiping online, maybe you were baptized as a teenager or an adult, and you can remember vividly your baptism day. You can remember the church building and all the people that surrounded you. But if you were like me and you were baptized as an infant, what we need to remember is that in any case, in any baptism, remembering our baptism is about God's act and God's promise in our lives. You see, the remembering is not so much about what we can recall. It's not about what we did or didn't do. It is all about remembering God's love and God's mighty act in our lives, giving us the name Beloved. This is a central tenet of our United Methodist understanding of baptism. The bab that baptism is about God and God's love for us, about God acting in our lives. This is one of the main reasons that our denomination believes in infant baptism. Of course, in other churches, you have to be at what's called an age of accountability, being able to accept Jesus as your savior. But in the Wesleyan understanding of baptism, it's never about our action or action, inaction. It's not about our belief or unbelief. It is all about God who loves and acts in our life long before we are ever aware. 
This is also why our denomination doesn't believe in rebaptism. I've had church members through the years who have said something like this. They say, you know, Teresa, I was baptized as a young child, but I have strayed from the church. As a young adult, I did terrible things, but now I've repented and I've come back to the church and I want to recommit my life to Jesus. I need to be baptized again. In those conversations, I remind the person that they do not need to be rebaptized because God kept God's promise. And in baptism, it is all about God's promise and God's love in that person's life. A reaffirmation, a reaffirmation of baptism is often a good response for persons who feel as if they are in a season of life that they want to recommit their life to Jesus. We will be doing that later in our in-person worship services. And I invite you, if you are worshiping online at home, and if you feel led to reaffirm your baptism in your homes, I invite you to do that. You can simply find some water, maybe make a little bowl of water and dip your hands into it. Make a sign of the cross up on your forehead, and you can speak the words, I remember my baptism, and I am grateful. If you are worshiping with others, I invite you to do that. As we speak the words, we remember God's mighty act in our lives. We remember God's promise and God's name, beloved, that God gives to us. I will note also that our denomination does support what's called believer's baptism. I did serve a church years ago where, for whatever reason, the parents did not want their newborn children baptized. Instead, they wanted to wait for them to be baptized on the day they were confirmed, when they could remember it. Likewise, while we mostly use a sprinkling of water on the forehead, our denomination longs to provide arrangements for people who wish to be baptized by immersion. I've been a part of a few of those baptisms throughout my years in ministry. I've done baptisms in swimming pools and in the river. These are two main things that happen in baptism. First, we are reminded of God's love for us, God's claim upon the life of the one being baptized. When Jesus was baptized, the gospels say that the Spirit of God descended upon him saying, you are my beloved and I am well pleased. Such words are echoed in the prophet Isaiah this morning. Here is my chosen, my servant, in whom I delight. In baptism, we are reminded of this true name that God gives us, beloved. The world may give us all kinds of names. The world may say all sorts of things about us, that we aren't good enough, that we don't measure up. But in baptism, we are claimed by the one who created us and loves us unconditionally. We've heard those studies where elementary school teachers are told at the beginning of the year that certain children in their classroom are gifted, regardless of the actual capacity of these children. And the studies go on to show that by the end of the year, those kids are performing better than their peers. They were seen as special. They were treated as special. And they became what they were believed to be. God is like that. I like the way Christian writer Nadia Boltz Weber puts it. She says, God is like a teacher who has been duped into thinking that you are gifted 
and then treats you like you are gifted and special. And then that's what you end up becoming, special and gifted and beloved. So two main things, we are reminded of our true name, beloved, in baptism. And second, in baptism, we become a part of the Christian branch of God's family tree. We become part of a church family. In other words, being Christian means being part of a community. Any baptism I've done beyond the sanctuary and worship hour, whether it be in a swimming pool or in the river, there has always been in those moments some semblance of the body of Christ gathered. Because again, being Christian is about being in community, and so baptism cannot be a private affair. After all, get a group of people together and we won't be, act alike or be alike. It's a challenge, right? It's a challenge at times to be in community. But remembering our baptism means that we seek to grow in the same kind of grace that God first gave us. If God's name for us is beloved, what does it look like for us to look upon one another in love? Even when somebody rubs us wrong or disagrees with us? Sam Wells is an Anglican priest and he puts it this way. He says, church means giving up the fantasy that we can find fulfillment and righteousness alone. It means doing things at inconvenient times with eccentric people in sometimes clumsy ways because life is a team game. And on judgment day, God will have nothing to say to us if we think we can come without the others. John Wesley talked about going on to perfection. In fact, that is a question that is asked of people who are ordained in the United Methodist Church. Are you going on to perfection? Often the question asked by the presiding bishop is met with snickers and chuckles before the clergy candidates finally awkwardly answer yes. But here's the thing. This perfection has nothing to do with making a 100 on a test. It's not, being, it's not about being a perfect 10, whatever that means. Instead, going on to perfection is about being made perfect in love. It's about growing and deepening our relationship with God so that we can love one another and the world better and more fully. Wesley knew that being in community and living in the world was hard, which is why remembering our baptism is a helpful exercise to engage in every now and then to remember that we are beloved, to remember that we are called to love. Living out the promises made at our baptism, it takes a lifetime. I wanna close with these words from our United Methodist Book of Worship. Baptism is an act that looks back with gratitude on what God's grace has already accomplished. And it is here and now an act of God's grace as it looks forward to what God's grace will accomplish in the future. Much that baptism signifies will need to happen during the course of a lifetime. May God be with us all as we are on our journey to love one another and the world more fully.